Hello and welcome to the Dodgy Footy Podcast with me, George. And me, Tom. Last time out, we talked about um, what are the same clubs win every time. Uh, so this is obviously going to be a rolling thing where we talk about football topics. Uh, we've, we've now got a Twitter account, so if you want to, whoever's listening, want to want to follow us on Twitter at Dodgy Footy. Um, yeah, you can have a look on there when we're gonna when we're gonna upload. And feel episode. free to obviously send us any requests you've got, any feedback. It'd be great. Just keep us ticking over. And if you've got any big questions about football, whatever it may be, please just send them in, and we'll be happy to answer them in the next podcast. Yeah, and hopefully our sound quality will be getting better as the series goes on as well, because obviously we know the first episode wasn't too good. Hopefully this one's going to be slightly better, we've brought a new mic, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it goes and we'll, we'll hopefully be getting better. Uh, but more on to this episode, what are we going to be talking about, Tom? Today, we're going to be talking about how important is non-league. So, That's I think important. mainly focusing on England, because I don't really know anything at all about foreign national league setups. Yeah, very true. <laughs> but yeah, so I suppose the big question is today is, do we need non-league? How important is it? Um, what's the quality difference between the National League and the Football League? Some examples as well of, of players that have come from non-league. Some examples of teams that have come from non-league. Uh, so let's kick things off. I want to talk about the mainstream non-league. Let's talk about the National League. So the, the, okay. the creme de la creme. <laughs> um, at the moment, I didn't realise Solian Wars have been knocked off top spot, by the way. Have they? Yeah. Who's top now? Wrexham. Oh, ex-country city player. Samuel Ricketts managed him at the start of the season. Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, right. Stuart uh, Bevan's got six goals for them this season. Crazy, crazy stats. <laughs> um, so I'm just going to have a look through some of the teams that are in the are in the top top league of the conference. So we've got Chesterfield, Barnet, Hartlepool, who are also yeah. They're, they're, all three of them teams have been in the football league. Leighton Orient as well. Leighton Orient, obviously a club with a lot of history. Uh, and also we've got Salford City, who obviously a lot of us might know about from uh, from their Class of uh, They've they've come from well, how many leagues have they got now? Two or three? No, oh, I think Two it's a few more leagues. than that probably. But they've done ever so well. But I'm saying that you... new ground as well, <laughs> yeah. isn't they? The, what is yeah. it? the Peninsula Stadium. They've got <laughs> Beckham, who's on the owners list. <laughs> <laughs> they're the Man City. They're the Man City of non-league, aren't they? Really? Yeah, they they do amazingly well. They're fifth. Well, as I was saying to George before this started, um, Solio Moors are a team that haven't got the biggest wage budget in the league. They haven't got the biggest ground in the league. They're not really a team you'd be expecting to be challenging for promotion. However, they have a, a large stream of income from ground sharing with Birmingham City ladies. And they do well. You know, they've got a good fan base. Solio Moors as well. Um, they've got... Their club is one of the most... Um, like sort of talked about clubs within the area and coming from Birmingham myself I know that they're, they've got a capacity of 3,000 which for non-league it's pretty decent it's okay but they're, they're, they're club grounds and whatever they're, they do so many events and stuff at the club like mm-hmm. um, for example they have like small music festivals and yeah. stuff that I've been to um, in, in like a Function sort of room, yeah. They the function. And they they rent stuff out, and they've got they've got like a cafe and a lot of stuff that I've been to other non-league grounds, and they've got. Well, absolutely I tell you nothing. one thing I will say in comparison from non-league to um, League One, the Championship, the sort of level that I've been to. Yeah. Uh, but when I went to watch Taylor Moore's play, because I've been to watch him play a couple of times because um, Jamie Osborne 
lose their star man, played for Grimsby for a little bit, but didn't get on with the manager and come back down. He, um, I, his uncle plays darts with my dad. So we went and watched Sally Moore's play a couple of times. And I went in the club shop. And the club shop was only, it was like a little um, storage holder, a little yeah, storage yeah. unit. And uh, I went in and you could buy a full Sally Moore's kit for an adult for less than £20. Less than, and I thought that was brilliant, you know. You and look at that's when that's when yeah you've got it's it doesn't need to be as much as it is. No. How, how much is I don't even know how much a so, kit for Man City would be. I tell I I know roughly how much a Man United kit is because it's seventy pound for the for the shirt and it's about fifteen pounds to get some Man United socks. Yeah, seventy pound for the shirt for yeah. Man City. So you're probably looking on probably about thirty pounds for that's the shirt. That's not even from the Man City store either. That's from a cheap place. <laughs> That's yeah. one straight from the So yeah. if you go, yeah, 70, 70 pounds for a football sale, yeah. and then you've got Solio Moors, which is 20 yeah. pounds, and probably That's, made from the yeah. same, yeah. I don't know about the same company, but it'll be same made from the same material uh, yeah. and stuff. Well, um, one thing I will say is uh, when I went to Liverpool a couple of months ago, I went in their club shop, and their club shop was about the same price as Coventry City. And I thought, how can a team like Liverpool that are competing for the Champions League, the Premier League, and big competitions, how can they be the same price as Coventry City, who haven't even got their own ground? Yeah. How can Coventry justify charging that much money for a kit? Yeah. But, you know, that's back to the non-league, I suppose. <laughs> um, as we were saying, you know, Solio Moors are in great shape and wish them all the best for the rest of the season. Lo- lovely to see that. I mean, I'd love, from my own personal viewpoint, to see them get promoted. And um, What do you think about the quality difference? Do you think there's a massive um, difference in quality between the National League and, like, say, League One? Now, this is something that, that sort of gets on my wick a little bit. Because you've got, you've got these people that come from the Premier League, although they're Premier League fans in yeah. quotation marks, um, who come and watch even Championship football. They'll watch yeah. a Championship football game and just... Uh, they, talk, they talk out their arse because they say that... the, the the quality difference between the Prem and the Championship is like totally different, but it's not true. It's not true yeah. because if you go, to, if you go, to, it's easy to say that when you get to one game because you yeah. go to one game of any league and it could be yeah, so amazing. Yeah. football. But for example, I've watched a game in the Prem, which has been the worst quality of football no, I've, no. I've yeah. seen, and I've seen a better game of football than even in. National League, yeah. When I used to play kids' football. Yeah, you get it, don't you? When I was a kid, obviously, I just joined <laughs> yeah, no. kids' football to play. Um, He's tried. He has tried. <laughs> nah, but you can't You can't say. It's not fair if you go to one game a season of a, of a club. No, yeah. Because one of your family members supports it. You can't just say that it's totally different quality because you need to you need to be there all season and realise that actually it's a lot, it's a lot more attractive to watch a football game where you can see people with passion yeah. the shirt they're wearing as well, opposed to people that are getting paid a lot to do it well look, one thing I will say is there's going to be a huge quality difference between the top six of the Premier League and everybody else in the country and that's been shown in the big cup competitions this year so like Manchester City put 10 past Burton Albion in two games <laughs> you know that shows a difference in quality and Spurs put 7 past Tranmere on, yeah. at Tranmere on the dodgy pitch but then, you know, in the, in the same, 
that's only the same as saying you've got teams in League Two. Like, well, when when Bradford, who were in League, League One, yeah, beat like, not so long Chelsea, ago, that a couple yeah. of seasons ago, but yeah, they were playing a massive cup run and beat a few Prem teams. Yeah, they beat like, Chelsea at Stamford Bridge four two. So it's easy to say Man City beating Burton by massive amounts is shows the quality difference. Yeah. But surely that makes up for Bradford beating. Yeah, well, I think I think sometimes though. I'd say sometimes Premier League teams are guilty of exactly what you just said, underestimating the quality of lower league. Yeah. You know, it's like, for example, when in the Champions League, teams come up against somewhat lesser teams, like, for example, like Schalke or Celtic, or teams that you wouldn't expect to be competing for knockout places, and they think, oh, I'll just play the reserves. And then they get beat, or they don't win. Totally deserve it. Yeah. But yeah. Right, and so talking about the quality, um, what I would say is you, there's a lot, a lot of players who I have seen play League Two, League One, Championship, even Premier League football that have either been made in non-league or at least have had experience in non-league. I want to talk a bit about League Two now because yeah. uh, this is the same sort of concept of the fact that the, the quality difference. But if we're talking about non-league and and obviously, you've got people that people from the, the Premier League fans look down on the mm. lower leagues in the actual football league. Yeah, what must they think about non-league? Mm. And it's it's sort of a bit annoying in that sense because um, teams that have come from non-league have done well as well. Um, Forest Green Rovers, they are a team with no history at all. Do you know what I mean? They're yeah, a very yeah. new team, and this season they are fighting for promotion to League One. Teams like Burton Albion. Not exactly a team with bro, bro, uh, brimming with history, are they? But they were in the <laughs> championship not so long ago, and you know that's a great feat for a team like that. You know, and then you look on the flip side. There's teams like Coventry, Blackpool, Pompey, who have all been in the Premier League or at least the First Division. And Charlton as well. Aren't they? Yeah, Charlton, Wigan, Blackburn, loads of them that have just, you know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't compete with the money, mate. That's what it is. Is either they have one bad season and go down and don't come back up, or they couldn't compete with the prices of players. If you look at teams that have been relegated from the Championship, I mean, even teams that have been relegated from the Prem as well. So you find it more often than not, teams that get relegated from from a better league um, don't do as well as they think in yes. the next season. Yeah. And Sunderland is a big example yeah. of this. So I'm guessing a lot of Sunderland fans when they got relegated from the Prem thought, thought and, and Wigan fans yeah. as well. I bet a lot of them thought, "Oh, the Championship, we we've done terrible this season in the Prem, but next season at least we'll have a good go in the Championship." And then they've ended up in the Championship, terrible, and gone down again. And then Sunderland and Wigan both did exactly the same when they did to League One when yeah. they came back down to League One, and they haven't. They haven't smashed the league up, have they? No, but then on the flip side, you've got teams like Newcastle United who know what it's like to be stuck in the Championship, who, when they went down from the Premier League... I mean, I can't even give Newcastle credit for this because it's it's Rafa Benitez. He's probably one of the only managers in history to win the, Prem, uh, to win the um, Champions League and the Championship. You know, he's a great, great manager and it's a credit to him that he stuck by Newcastle and absolutely battered the league with... Let's be honest, substandard players. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to throw something out there now. Go on then. I'm going to say that I think it's harder to come down from the Prem and get promoted from the Championship 
mm. the season after than it is to get promoted from League One and get promoted again. Yeah. I think there's more Momentum. there's more chance of getting promoted if you've got promoted the season before than there is of getting relegated from that yeah. division the season yeah. before. I'd say that because sometimes it's momentum, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but not, not necessarily just through. momentum though, because I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like teams like Bournemouth and Leicester, yeah. who both came up from lower leagues Wolves, and ended up in the Premier, yeah. they overestimated the quality. Is it the same yeah. way that Sunderland and Wigan underestimated Rest the quality of the Championship when when those teams got uh, promoted from League One to the Championship? They all overestimated the quality of the championship, so they yeah, thought definitely. they went in there and thought, "Oh god, this is going to be terrible. Let's try, let's just try and make mid table, yeah, or let's just try not to get relegated for our first season." They've ended up buying the right players, doing the right things, and ended up getting promoted. Yeah, and but one thing I will say, right? I'm I'm seeing as you throw one at me, I'm going to throw one back at you. <laughs> I think it's harder to get back into the football league when you drop out of it than it is to get back into the Premier League when you drop out of it. I mean, you know, if you drop out of the if you drop out of the football league, you're going to lose a hell of a lot of fans. You're going to lose a hell of a lot of wage budget, and you've only got you've got um, one thing. You've got one automatic promotion, and the playoffs are really really strange because you, that must be the yeah. It must be the lowest point of when we're talking about momentum. That must be the lowest mm. point of having any momentum or morale. Yeah. Because if you get a club that. Club lot late in Orion who have had a built up a decent sort of fan base and they've staff still, yeah. base. If they've still got a really good fan base in non league to be fair. Well, but I mean, like with with the, all the staff that they would have employed, even even stuff like catering and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you go down to non league and then it's sort of you're not getting promote. any sky money anymore. You're not getting such a big away followings anymore. You know, for example, like. When you're coming up against teams like Coventry City in, in League right. One, League Two, you know that they're going to sell out their away, away allocation. But if you're coming up against Aldershot and Barrow, and you've still got a ground capable of holding 15,000, they're not going to sell 4,000 away tickets, are they? Mm. So that's a massive loss of revenue. And like you said, you know, you can't afford to have a striker coach, a midfield coach, a defensive yeah. coach, a goalkeeping coach. You can't afford to have a nutritionist and a caterer and everything on the budget of the club anymore. It's like the team of physios and stuff as well. So it's like, as much as your players aren't going to want to stay with you, because the quality of staff is going to have to is going to be forced to go down as well. You, you can't employ the best physios, can you? If you have no. other money, no, you can't. So as much as yeah, if you can try and hold on to the players that that were in the football league once you get relegated to non-league. Even if they get injured, they're not coming back yeah, as, quick. as quick as they would. No, would, this would isn't us being derogatory to the staff because sometimes you might have one of the best physios in the world working for you, but if your treatment room's got a table and some oils in it, <laughs> compared to Chelsea, you've probably got 17 swimming pools, a hydro bath, <laughs> a cryogenic freezer, you know? Oh dear, <laughs> Eden Hazard's done his hamstring. It's alright, we're going to cryogenically freeze him for six months, it'll be alright. <laughs> You know, it's that sort of... But, anyway, forgetting the negative side of non-league, I want to talk about something positive. I want to talk about the players in non-league and how non-league is important to you players' don't talk development. You very positive very often, do you, bro? No, not very often, no, but I'm, I'm going to pretend I'm happy for the next, next eight <laughs> and a half minutes and then go back to my corner and cry. So, <laughs> I'm going to talk about some of the positives of non-league. So, as I was saying to you before we kick this off, 
I think non-league is a huge, huge um, growing point in a lot of young players' careers. And even not in young players, but I think playing the non-league is very good because you get a, a closer relationship with the fans and it makes you appreciate that if you're going to make it in the football league, you're going to have to grind, you're going to have to give up everything and you're going to have to work hard for it. And I also think that work, playing in the non-league is also very important because if you're 17 years old and you're coming through Chelsea's academy and you think, I can do I can do Premier League football, I can do Championship football easy. Yeah. But then you get sent out on loan to a team like team like Solio or Moors, for example. And you're thinking, okay, this will be this will be a piece of piece. This won't even challenge my ability. And then a thirty six year old centre half who used to play in League Two and is built like a brick shit house comes clattering into you yeah. one afternoon and you think, Alright, maybe I need to reevaluate my options and think about how good I actually am. You know, I think for a lot of people, it's a realisation when they're going to non-league that yeah. football isn't all passing and playing nice Beautiful, football. pretty yeah. football, yeah. I mean, we, talking about uh, the academy and the younger generation of football as well, um, you've got even Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe are known for having a good academy. A good academy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but to, yeah, for teams like that, they're not going to have as many players, as many good players come out of that, that system. And... I forgot where, where I was going with this, but I definitely had a good point in my head. I think what you were trying to say was, bro, is um, if you're the best player at Scunthorpe Academy, or say, for example, you're at Scunthorpe Academy and you're a very good player, you're going to be spotted, you're going to be playing man's football immediately, and you're going to grow as a player and get better and move on, move up the leagues, because you've had ex- you've played 100 games before you're 21. Yeah. But if you're at Chelsea Academy and you're 17 and you're a really good player then you'll either be loaned out immediately to a foreign team or you won't get any game time and you'll stick in the reserves and they're under 17, then go up to the under 18s. Yeah. And For those, the, the bigger teams and their academies, it's it's only got the best of the best that seem to be able to come through. Mm. But if you're not the best of the best, you're just a good player. Yeah. You you won't get as much... You won't, you won't get as much out of your career in football as you would have coming yeah. from, a, from a lower academy. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So, like, for example, um, if you come like to... Charlie Whitefield yeah. has come to Cough. Like, Charlie Whitefield, he's a good player, but is he the best player I've ever seen in my life? No. But he's come through the Chelsea Academy, and he's played probably, what, two seasons of ma- of men's football in his life. And he's 20... Probably not even that. No. Yeah, pro- a couple I think, of games. Yeah, a couple of games. Say he's played... Say he's played 40 games in his career. I don't know for definite, but say he's played about 40 yeah. games. Um, then he's got a rival, a player like Jody Jones, playing the same position. He broke through at Dagenham and Redbridge when he was 16 years of age. Yeah. And he has he's already... played a lot, of, football. a lot of football for his yeah. age compared yeah. to other, other players. I mean, that's, that's something that attracts a lot of players to buy people from Coventry City, that we're always willing to give a player who's like 14 yeah. <laughs> a shot in the team, do you know what I mean? Because... Is what uh, we I don't know. This is a very interesting statistic. We have had a youth player in our squad, um, like in our squad, or the starting or on the bench for the, something like the last forty years. Jesus, because that you know. I like it though. I like the fact of what I like watching a player go from new starter just yeah. come on the just come off the bench, watching him grow into one of yeah. the team's best players. Like Jordan Willis is an yeah. example for that for yeah. me because yeah. I've been there watching him. Since he come in, yeah. 
what what I would say is a championship quality yeah. defender. You know, when we, when he first burst onto the scene, he was a right back. He was playing right back. He looked out of position. Looked a little bit nervous. And... Yeah, you've got uh, another another way of looking at it as well because you've got the, the two academies, the, so the, the better academies from the Premier League, and then the lower academies from the lower down the football league. But yeah. you've also got um, players that have come. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna shout two players out to you now. Okay. Um, Isaac Vassal. Yes. And oh, Josh that, Windass. Josh Windass, yeah. Both players that have had dads in the game. Yeah. And family, even more family members in the game. Yeah. And they've come through, probably at first, I think they're both come through the non-leagues. I know mm-hmm. um, Oz of Vassal came from Truro City and he went to Blues. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I know uh, Windass was up at Rangers for a bit, but I don't know his career before then. Yes, and they've come up from, <clears throat> from lower teams. Probably, probably being signed because of because of their family's yeah, their history give, of football. Yeah, you know. And then they've, they've sort of grew into their own players. So now it's like, when you say, oh, Vassal's style, it's like, oh, it's Darius yeah. Vassal's son. So, no, yeah. it's not. It's always a Vassal. But you say that, but then you've got some players. So, look, for example, Casper Schmeichel, who, because he plays in his dad's position, will never escape the fact that he's not as good as his father. Yeah. So, like, because his dad played, because obviously Peter Schmeichel played for Man United and won European Cups, he'll never escape that. Yeah. <clears throat> and I see that. I no, say, I'm not taking anything away. Oh no, I think Casper okay. Sparkler is very, very good. Very but good like, oh, also, um, Edwin van der Sar's oldest boy, uh, Joe van der Sar, he's currently coming through a Dutch youth team's setup, and it may, he's a goalkeeper as well. And it makes you think. Well, when he comes through, there's going to be a lot of hype about him, and you know he's going to have to. He's going to have a lot to contend with. Okay, so the final thing I want to talk about today is. Um, Transfers from non-league to the league. Okay, give me an example, Bombra. Okay, so <laughs> one of the biggest one is the first million-pound non-league player, Jamie Vardy. Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. <laughs> it's um, almost like I've got it written down on a piece <laughs> of paper. Uh, Jamie Vardy, yeah, this is. I, I love this example when talking about football. Yeah. I think he's done. He's done it the best way possible. Yeah, he has. He's come up from lower team. Into, gone into playing, a bigger yeah. team who have then got even better who's then sold into a bigger team who have then got even better and then he's gone on to win the Premier League. Yeah. he's sort of he's thrown all stereotypes <clears> out <throat> the window with, with what he's done I think, yeah. I think he, he, in but, his own way he's a little bit of a legend yeah I mean don't get me wrong I think he's a bit of an arsehole as a person <laughs> I think he's a bit of an arsehole but a couple of things I love about him when he was making his England debut he asked if he could have. He asked if he could still have his, his uh, pre-match meal. Do you know what his pre-match meal is? What is it? A nicotine patch and a can of Red Bull. I <laughs> shit you not. That is his pre-match meal. <laughs> I don't know if it's still allowed, but it was definitely when Leicester were a bit of a lower team in the Championship and like coming up in the Premier yeah. League. That was still his meal because that's what he used to have before he'd go on. <laughs> Couple of things, you know. He used to not be able to play because of an ankle tag. Do you know that yeah, as well? Yeah. yeah. But I, I completely respect. That's what wholesome football was about. You know, working your yeah. way up. It's a it grind. Builds the passion for the game. Not only the game, the team that you're playing for as well. A lot because I feel like I know. I know. I've been saying this quite a lot. Stereotyping the bigger money footballers um, that are from the foreign leagues that are playing in the Premier. I just mm. feel like it's not very nice to say because I don't know. I don't know them that well. But yeah. it's. It's like they don't have as much passion yeah. as they would. Like, players, for example, Jamie yeah. Vardy. Some players 
are given a lot of opportunities, you know. And, you know, fair play, sometimes their ability earns that, but sometimes it's a bit of luck, do you know what I mean? Some players can get scouted for Arsenal when they're eight years of age and then go on to play for Arsenal when they're 18. Yeah. And then all they've ever known is playing in a Premier League academy and then they've broken into the Arsenal first team and then that's where they stay. And then they'll go from Arsenal maybe to maybe to Crystal Palace and sort of live their career out in the Premier League. Uh, an example of that is probably... I had one. I had <laughs> one. Give me a moment. Well, think of an example. While he's thinking of an example, I'm going to talk a little bit about... Like I said at the start of the, start of the podcast, um, at Dodgy Footy on Twitter, we've only just started our Twitter account. We want we want to grow. We want to we want more people to come and listen. We we we're not set in stone with what we're talking about, so we don't we don't really think about what we're going to talk about up until probably five minutes before. Tommy we, Abraham. Right. Okay. Oh, well, well, you can come back onto that <laughs> afterwards. But yeah, more to the point, we don't um we don't we don't think about what we what we're going to talk about until. Just before we're about to, and that's that gives us the the sort of off the cuff. Yeah, we don't know what we're yeah. talking about. Impression. If you can help us out a little bit, we can take that on board and hopefully make this more enjoyable for you. So now he's talking because <laughs> right, nobody gets. <laughs> um, so I was talking about Tammy Abraham. So a player that's come through Chelsea's youth ranks, had a few near misses with the Chelsea first team, then. Went out on loan to Premier League teams, went out on loan to Championship teams, and hasn't gone any lower than the Championship. So, Bristol City, Villa, Swansea, and Wolves are after him now as well. Yeah. You know, he even got a Premier League call, uh, no, he even got England call <laughs> up. I'll try again. I'm going to try it again. <laughs> he even got an England call up out of, uh, you know, his good form. And you think, well, you haven't had to work the same way that some players have. And don't get me wrong, he's a very talented player. He scores goals. And I've got nothing but respect for who he is. But, you know, I just think it's much more impressive when a player has carried and forged their own career. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I know what you mean. But, uh, like... They say you make your own look, and Jamie Vardy's a prime example of that. Yeah, they put, it's like when you see, when you see players that play for, like, 15 different teams across their mm. career, and then you've got... The other end of the spectrum, you've got like Gerard, yeah, <laughs> and Billy then, Sharp, yeah, players that have just played for one, yeah, two, two, even three, three teams, teams, yeah. But like they've they've, they've stuck to a team, they've gone to a team and stuck with it and tried to improve that team. It's yeah. like that's where the passion of football really lies. I mean, we've totally drifted away from non league, yeah, no, from non league. Do apologise for that, Stephen Gerrard, Tammy Abraham, whatever. But yeah, so. So, but before we finish, non-league. <laughs> who's going to win this? Who's going to win the national league then, Tom? Who's going to win the national league? Okay, so I'll tell you what I think. I think Solio Moors will just about. I think Solio Moors will come second because I don't think they'll have the the club depth and everything else. Yeah, but I think they'll be in the playoffs. I think Salford are all Salford. Uh, I was going to say Salford. Yeah, I, don't... I think Salford will be in the playoffs because I fit... really hope Salford come up. I really do. Um, I think, to be honest, I think they'd be expecting better than what they are because they've got Adam Rooney, haven't they? Who's way above that level, way above that level. But yeah, so I think I think Wrexham. I think I'd like to see Wrexham come up. It'd be testament to Sam Ricketts that he'd 
got him in that position in January before he left for Shrewsbury. So I'm glad that that none of the teams that are in the top, uh, apart from ex- excluding Leighton Orient, are our mainstream football league teams that yeah. have played that have got history and what, what have you. It's um, nice you've to got, see you've got Wrexham, Solio Moors, Fold, Salford, Sutton United, Gateshead. I mean, Gateshead's had a spurt, yeah. but um, but it's nice to see that some lo- from some teams are, are making their way up. And I don't think that I don't think that Salford and Solio Moors as well, because mm. they've both been promoted yeah. recently. I don't think that they're that they're ready to stop yet. Once no, they get yeah. to football league, that's what that's why excites me. That I don't think they're ready to stop. Well, as we were talking about in the last episode, football changes a lot. Football yeah. changes a lot. And in a hundred years, you know, yes, teams like Manchester United and Liverpool and teams like that will probably always dominate football because of the history and the level of club that they are. But teams like, you might see teams like Crystal Palace drop back down the leagues. We might see a Premier League that consists of teams like AFC Foyles and teams that we aren't familiar with now. Yeah. You know, Mason Head United. It's the way that it's the way that football works. It is the way that football works. We might have some totally new grounds to go and have a way day, is that? Buzzing. Okay, I, I think I might be dead in a hundred years. Not to doom and gloom it, but Okay, right. Well I think that's a good place to end it there. Uh, hopefully this podcast was slightly better than the last one and hopefully you enjoyed it. If not then tell us what we can do to improve it because we need to know. Really and Follow us on Twitter, retweet, blog, do whatever you got to do. You know, if you did listen and you did enjoy it, please tell your friends, tell people. Get us out there. Thanks for listening. Peace.